Textile Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Deus Textile Podcast, a place where some of the most progressive and innovative builders, thought leaders, and traders in the crypto space come together to discuss all areas of the crypto industry. Whether you're into DeFi, Layer 1s, Layer 2s, NFTs, or anything in between, we've got you covered. And as a reminder, nothing said on this podcast should be construed as financial advice or as a solicitation to buy or sell any digital asset or security. The comments, views, and opinions expressed by the hosts or guests on the podcast are their own. As always, you'll need to do your own research. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Deus X-Style podcast. And in this episode, I am joined by Blockmates and Jedi to talk about their Blockmates Discord. But not only that, they also invest and do research in DeFi, but also in other aspects of the space. So I'm really interested in hearing what they do with their investments, with their money, and what their criteria are for finding good projects. So welcome Blockmates and welcome Jedi. Um, could you introduce yourself and tell the listeners who you are and what your experience is in this space? Yeah, for sure. Thanks Thanks for having us. And um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people know, know me as Grant, so I'll go with that. But yeah, effectively the um idiot who came up with the whole idea around this the whole blockmates community and and platform um day to day i just completely neglect all of my portfolio and end up just looking at project documents until from sunrise till sunset um but yeah i let let uh jedi fill in his little position in this whole um space so so you started it and you've you've dragged me along with you on this one um so, so um just in terms of who i am i've been in i've been in the online space for a very long time i'm definitely one of the boomers um that are making their way in the space um i've always been a gamer um i was one of the first guys to to sell virtual commodities in computer games all that started with ultima online um I was there, I was selling on eBay, I was playing that game. And um, I was introduced to crypto, I think it was 2013, 2014, didn't really get involved, but it was, I mean, I, I used it to to trade between myself and customers. And um, unfortunately, I didn't, you know, make a huge amount of investment in it at the time, it was merely a method of exchange. I mined Bitcoin and Ethereum for a number of years um, and during a bear market during the 2018-2019 period. And then when COVID came, I decided to actively get involved again in the market itself. Um, and I met Grant on Twitter. We We started chatting and what became very obvious is that Grant was was very good at, at taking all this information that was out there and putting it in a way that everybody could understand. And I was kind of questioning him around, you know, how do we use this to our advantage? You know, how do we use this for our own, 
you know, benefit around, you know, growing our, our financial position in this market, but still, you know, maintaining the, the ethos and the essence of what it is that, you know, Grant was doing at the time and still is doing is that, you know, and we'll get into that later on. So, you know, he, for some, I don't know, he, he must have been drunk at the time. I'm suspecting that because he's in Asia, that there might have been some form of psychedelic involved that, you know, <laughs> like, let me, get, let me get Jedi in on this whole thing and he can help me. And and next thing I know, I'm, I'm a partner in this thing. And, you know, it's kind of like, and we're working it and it's, it's been an incredible six months. I mean, it's been probably one of the most fun things I've done in a very long time. And I've done a lot of stuff in my life. Um, and here I am. So I hope that's, that says, yeah, I hope that says it all. <laughs> it, it is a, a funny story. Um, and I think, I think that's one of the best things about crypto that you can connect with somebody from, you know, miles away and you can share a mindset or you can you can see talents and start building with them and as long as you connect on some level you can choose your own colleagues or friends and and create a, a work environment or a community that is uh, perfect for you and make it work for you so what made you actually build a community and open a discord and open all that information to the public. Yeah, so I mean, if I'm brutally honest, the, the first phases of kind of creating content came from me being extremely lazy. And I was kind of sick and tired of repeating the same old do this, do that to friends and family and kind of people I've met online that just were starting to dip their feet in. And Again, I would just be saying the same old thing. So what I did, as any kind of lazy person does, is they, they leverage their time by putting it into a format that can be shared a million times over. So just writing basic how-to articles and um, and all that jazz. And then, effectively, I just thought, well, what what we're trying to aim at is it's not it's not the vast majority of people in this space although there are there is lots of nuggets of alpha in the pieces um for those as well but my idea was well the remaining 99.9 percent .9 of people who one probably think this space is a complete scam and and two just don't have a first clue about anything to do with crypto or DeFi or anything along those lines so it was like well, let's put these these idiots together and see, see what happens. Put them in a pen and see what happens. Like some kind of weird um, experiment. But from there, what I found was as soon as people started picking things up, they could they could they could use their information what they'd learned. And what I always find is if you can kind of rephrase or reiterate what you've learned and put it into practice and help others, then it helps them understand the actual process in and of itself again. So it's like one thing to be able to do something, but to be able to explain how and why you do that. I think that's a, that's another kind of aspect of why the community started to blossom as it did. But I've, I've always wanted it to be a community part, community participation thing. Um, it's, it's just the essence of this space in and of itself. Um, so just from flourishing from five, 10 people to 20, and you might publish an article that draws in another hundred people. 
And then the community starts to have its like little hive mind and everyone's kind of investing in a similar sort of way and everyone knows what the kind of community strategy would be. Like for just a basic example, the last three or four days, all anyone's been talking about is um, what's going on in Phantom with Solidly and, and all that jazz. So, and it, at the same time, it's, it's, also, it's also a great tool for yourself just to kind of skim through and pick up these, as I say, just nuggets of alpha and just kind of get a quick bird's eye view of what's actually going on in the market because you know these people have been there since day one. A lot more people are joining now. Um, but it's, it's, it's a good group. I will say that it's a, it's a very good group and I'm, I'm very, very happy of how it's kind of formed very organically. Um, and it's, it's probably exceeded anything that I thought was physically possible from the first 10 people in Telegram. So it's, yeah, that's cool. I think that separates your community from, you know, a lot of different dif discords I've been in, you know, a lot of discords in the crypto space seek for direct returns or that next hundred X. And when people don't get it, uh, they, they start being angry or uh, move on to the next discord and it's bulk it's all bulk what's going on there and you have to really dig for for some alpha but um what i experienced in, when i joined your discord was indeed that hive mind mentality because i think because they come in from your articles or from recognizing uh, your team's mindset that if you start researching, if you start sharing alpha, it can only become a win-win if you start sharing that. Um, and that, of course, there are memes, and I love that also in, in a Discord. <laughs> but I think that the quality of, of content uh, in a community uh, eventually governs itself and moderates itself. Um, do you have like active moderators or bigger names in your discords that actively pull that community towards that? Or do you feel it's really that hive mind and everybody in there is participating to bring out uh, the best in everybody? Yeah, like in this, this is a good point, actually. In the, in the early days, that was, as with anything, and what people, what people tend to say exactly just on your point is the fact that the Discord on, and then the early days of Telegram was just so chilled out, just so relaxed. And I think because of that, and everyone is so sound and everyone just gets along, it kind of self-polices in the fact if anyone comes along being a bit of a dickhead, which we, do, which we have had, one, it's effectively like a self-policed community where they probably take a lot of shit if they start acting up because everyone's so kind of close. I've, I've built friends in there that i know will be just lifelong friends now but yeah i think it's more sell least but we do have like a one of the guys who helped us um build it out it just input this structure where and i think it's a really great structure actually so the more community participation that you have in the actual discord it, it creates this kind of hierarchy of um input so if you're extremely active it kind of itself promotes your handle and your account so you can get then gain access to higher tiers and what we tend to do is then structure these higher tiers with more kind of close-knit information so let's say we just found an extremely interesting product or project and it's kind of um user sensitive in the sense that if everyone knows about it it's just gonna it's gonna just throw the game away 
we haven't had enough time to accumulate. We haven't had enough time to do anything. But those that have done their part, they've contributed to the community. They've they've just they've, they've got higher rankings than me and Jedi combined. Like there's these guys in there that are just in there all day answering questions, helping newcomers out, and all that sort of jazz. We thought, well, what better way to kind of help repair them if we stumble upon something from our network, from speaking to people, speaking to founders. I mean, I must have about five or six calls a day with project founders and just getting that early alpha, then we can drip feed it into those higher tiers and hopefully they can do well off the back of that as well. So I think that kind of self-policing and kind of activity ranking system works extremely well. I don't know if you've got a point on that, Jedi. You can probably com communicate that a little bit better than myself. So I think one of the, the, the most important aspects to, 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 to the success of I think any community is is what is the intention behind you know what they what the community is seeking out. You know, like you said, apertures. It's you know, if you've got a, a Discord where people are actively just looking for the alpha and they don't really care about anything else, then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of greed and self-centeredness. And that's not what that's not what a successful community is about you know ultimately you know it's like it comes down to are you willing to take the time to help somebody who is absolutely clueless you know and generally in those discords that don't meet the criteria of successful community people don't take the time you ask a question and nobody responds whereas if you come to our community and our discord someone will answer you and regardless of how ridiculous the question might be. So what is our intention? Our intention is to cultivate a space that allows for people to grow and improve in the space that, that we're in. You know, it's, it's a highly complicated, multi-layered, um, you know, it's a mind job. I mean, it's stuck. I mean, I, after all these years, I still sit and I like get completely blown away by some of the stuff that we have to do in order to get from point A to point B. And I'm just like, why the hell am I doing this? You know, and it's like, if I didn't have the people in this community, there's no ways I'd be able to do some of the stuff. And I consider myself to be quite tech savvy and to be quite experienced in the space. And if it wasn't for that community, then I would be definitely at a disadvantage. So the intention is to create a space which allows for people to ask any question, regardless of how ridiculous or how complicated it might be, and knowing that you're going to get an answer. And most of the time, you're going to get several answers, and you will be questioned around a whole lot of those issues that you might be asking or trying to find out about. And I think that's where the real value around the community is. And we've managed to do it. And it's very simply around the intention. And everything that we've done so far within the whole this whole thing you know like it's become more than just a a portal for information and education it's become more than that and i think it's become more than that because our intention i believe is around growing in the space understanding the space in order to make wiser and more informed decisions around where it is that we put our money and that's i think has been our winning recipe up until now even though the recipe is there i think it's very difficult to try and replicate it i think it's almost impossible without having it's almost like that positive feedback loop you know like 
What are your intentions? Who are the people that you're attracting and how are they contributing to that intention? Yeah, and I think that's also why I decided to um, just jump in the Discord because not only in the Discord, but also on the outside, you can see that mentality. It's in the articles, it's in the Twitter content. And I think that that pulls people in. But of course, uh, pulling people in isn't enough. You have to make them stay. Uh, and it sounds a little bit that there are only investors in your Discord. But I have noticed that there are also some founders. For example, I've seen Huff from Refi being active. So you're not only attracting smart minds who do research, um, you seem to attract also some builders. Uh, how do you see how these builders can be active in your community and search for community members that are like-minded? Yeah, good question. So you, I, you're exactly right. I mean, I think we're clocking on close to 6,000 people, um, probably a little bit more by the time this, this comes out. And it's only been live, what, eight weeks? Um, there, was, there, was a, there was a good crossover between Telegram and a lot of people did migrate over, which we're very happy about because we thought people would come over kicking and screaming. But I think it's just an overall better platform for what we're trying to do. But even even in Telegram, there was you'll see project founders or project developers or people in the business development aspect of the team that are that have even were even enjoined in the in the telegram but have since moved over and i think what we try what we try to do when we, when we sit down and kind of flesh out the idea of why we want to work on a specific project if we, if we use the most recent example it's with uh, radix so we understood that there was a huge community there that tech is unlike something i've ever had to dive into before in my life this cross cross shard consensus just kind of says it all <laughs> so it was it was kind of a test of my own ability to actually digest these documents and, and push it out there in a way that the average person could understand and walk away with a better interpretation of what the project is but what we will say is to project to project founders developers business development any any part of the team is once, once, once we have released the article, or before the article has came out, just come into the Discord and see what people are asking, see what people are wanting to actually find out. And if there's something that we haven't managed to cover properly in the article, because there's sometimes certain aspects of it that we just we just can't fully cover because we'd be, we'd be writing for three to four weeks at a time if, if we were to go in fully deep dive into it. But so Dan, the the original founder of Radix. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to pop in following the article just in case there's any any further questions and we can you can hear it straight from the source. Um, so I think that's I think that's a brilliant and beautiful thing that project founders do pop in. And again, they're well, they're completely welcome. Anyone's welcome in um, and the community absolutely loves that aspect of it. Just being able to speak directly to the founder because you can speak to them sometimes in Telegram and you kind of message them, but it, it often gets diluted as you can imagine the amount of messages they get a day and then again we have we have like just just on that point it's not is it's not even just for projects it's it can be for pro products too so we have a we have a tax section because we all know everyone likes paying tax after they've just had an amazing year and then give half of it away to the government so the guys from accounting uh i just said to them look people are asking questions i'm not educated enough and informed enough to actually comment on it 
just send one of your guys over there and then check in every couple of days and then you, they can actually answer the questions in the tax channel on in BlockNets. And then from a business development perspective, we've had projects that have kind of sat quiet on the sidelines while there's been kind of breakaway threads in the channel that have just been able to to get a real organic and no holds barred opinion on their project so they can actually go away then and have a little think about what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. And then they can obviously go ahead and uh, implement those changes if they need to with a specific project. So that's that's a real cool aspect. And I think we're starting to see a lot a lot more of that and people are seeing um, the benefit in that. I think that's a really important aspect because I've seen these projects trying to build their own communities, but it feels that you know, it's it's from the project perspective. So communities focus on um, some specific marketing. They want to uh, see their investments go up and they just keep asking some questions on development. But having your community maybe as some kind of proxy for what the rest of the market thinks that hasn't invested yet or... Uh, want some features that other platforms have and maybe the project or the platform doesn't have can indeed be quite a good way for a project to get that information out of the market. So um, I think that's beautiful that you have some of some kind of organization that allows that um, and makes it possible to connect both parties without being directly incentivized and I, I think that that taps into the the evolving crypto landscape where you really see some some DAOs or decentralized organizations popping up now where people can source information and skill from all around the globe um, how do you see this evolve further with your community but also in in the crypto space itself Do you want to go for it? Yeah, so I think just just in terms of the the um, the points the points that I made earlier on around the intention of what it is that we're trying to create here is that, and it comes to that to that tweet that I made around, you know, the concept of marketing. You know, the concept of marketing is that. I'm going to go to a company as a project. I'm going to go to a company and that company is a specialist uh, in marketing and they're going to inform, you know, everybody about our project. But that's where the problem comes in for the project that is trying to get the exposure is that they're not actually tapping in to an intention and a culture. They think that a marketing company will do that for them. And sometimes they get lucky if they spend enough money. But ultimately, I don't believe a lot of projects achieve what it is that they have in their minds to achieve because they haven't found somebody who has the intention of the community at the center of what it is that they do. The way that I'll illustrate this is that a lot of projects have come to us and have asked us to cover their projects, and we have refused them, not because we're dicks um, in that instance. I mean, we might be, but not in that instance. Because what Speak we're trying yourself. to do, is, I was actually speaking about you, but that's another matter altogether. So, <laughs> so, so, 
what we want to do and what the intention is of what it is that we are doing already and what we will continue to is that we want to present information to our community that is truthful, that is transparent, and more importantly, is a project that fits the criteria with which we would invest. So would we invest in this project? Hell no, we won't. Then we can't cover it. It's quite simple. And a lot of the projects that we do cover, funds permissible, we will invest in those projects because we believe that those projects are worthy to invest in. And therefore, we can gather the information because we know that we're going to invest in this project and we want to know and we're curious. So we're not only doing the research for the community, we're also doing the research for ourselves. Have we covered projects that we haven't invested in? Yes, there are projects that we haven't invested in purely because we haven't had the funds. Well, from my perspective, I don't know about Grant, but from my perspective, I just haven't had, you know, the spare funds at the time. But I'd like to think and believe that the projects that we are covering are projects that we would invest in. And I think that's really important around staying true to what it is that our intention is around community and, you know, being truthful to that community, regardless of what, you know, what is being offered and what is being put on the table. We've had some very, very, very interesting offers, you know, like we'll give you so much when you cover the project. Okay, well, let's see what it's about. And we've just had to turn around and say, sorry, we just don't really believe that this project's going to be a, a benefit to our community. So we want to have our communities back the same way that they have our back. Yeah, I mean, I could be, I could be completely retired, and I mean, there is a beach close, but I could be spending an awful lot more time on it if I, if we were to cover every single project that came our way. But I just don't think that benefits anyone. It doesn't benefit me. It doesn't sit well in my moral compass. Um, but I think what what the going back to the question with how do you see this thing growing its growing its own legs and becoming some kind of centralized organization it is it is something that i'm kind of at a crossroads with at this point in time i don't know if it's because everything's a doubt at the minute and i'm kind of thinking well we might just get diluted with the fact that we would do that and then it's kind of come down to well how do you structure it do you structure it similar to like a scribe dao or similar to how you guys are doing it or However, how, how do you go about doing that? And then, but I think with with the with the people in that community, and I think um, Jedi will attest to this, is the point that if we do kind of start to progress with these ideas and we can actually flesh out a decent roadmap for that, then putting a kind of cynical head on it, we've just had access to 6,000 of the most active community members in the full space. And you could kind of use that as a talent farm, if that makes sense. So if we wanted to kind of break away, even if it into a separate entity, and to, to just join this kind of, I don't know, what would you call it? Alpha DAO, early investment DAO, or whatever, put any any phrase in front of it. And we've just had access to the 6,000 of the most interesting and on the ball investors and traders in this space. And I think that's also something to be said. and. What I will say, if anyone is listening that has been active in, in 
the community that I know there's there's some people I don't even need to mention. They just they do they do more than me and Jedi put together. Um and they best believe if we do start to go down that route, which seems highly possible, um, that they'll be coming along for the ride as well because they've helped the whole community. Um and that's all we that's what we're gonna do. That's uh I think a good plan moving forward. Um, it's always good to have some goals, but uh, it, it sounds like a logical approach because um, it, it, it fits your view of keeping your integrity with, uh, with the investments and not like abusing a community, uh, but actually using the best of the community to build further. Um, I want to know more a little bit about your uh, your general investment thesis because you mentioned Jedi that you had some kind of like checklist or uh, investment criteria for these projects. Are there sections in the market you like to invest in? Are there sections you absolutely ignore? Uh, and, and most most importantly, like what would you want to like to see in a project? for for investing as yourself but also as a community or for creating content for your community this is a very good question but it's also a very difficult question to answer because it is so multi-layered and so complex so i'm going to try and and articulate it in a way that you know how i try and make sense of it i think the the single most important kind of ingredient you know like the most important ingredient is do you have a reliable source of information the reliable source of information can be various levels you know like i think the most obvious one and and perhaps there's you know there's some lessons to be learned here for me and for the listeners as well and 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 hopefully you know both of you can contribute to this but for me it's like the first port of call is obviously twitter you know it's i think that's like you know, you hear about a project, um, you know, and you go and find, you know, who, who these guys are, and then you go and look at their Medium articles. So I think that's probably one of the most important things is like, what is the Medium article presenting around that project? And the most important thing for me, and, and Aperture, you and I obviously discussed this in light of, you know, like a bear market scenario, and, and then the kind of like tokenomics, you know, what are the tokenomics of this project? How does the the project preserve itself over time through, you know, its tokenomic fundamentals, you know, and I think that's where right now that is for me probably the single most important thing because, you know, are your developers and your team taking like a huge portion of this thing? What are they attributing? Well, how, what are, how are they assigning monies to marketing? How are they assigning monies to all these different facets that ultimately comes back to them? You know, what is a treasury? How does a treasury really work for the investor? So those are my starting points. And then the next thing for me is what is the sense of community around this project? You know, like um, who was it in the space? One of the famous guys out there, dare I say, Charles Hoskinson, I can't believe I just brought that name up, but you know, I think he said that if you've got a community, you can do anything. Or someone along those lines, you know, one of these kind of like, like almost cult followings. You know, that those are the kind of projects that generally land up doing really well because you've got people that are willing to hold 
that are willing to weather the storms because every project's going to land up doing that. So that's another set of criteria that I'll look at is like, what is your community doing? How are they speaking about this, this project? I think a very good example of that is if you look at OM, you know, OM is a project, in my opinion, despite all the genius that's involved in that thing, the storms that those guys have had to weather over the last six months, any other community would have walked away, but they're still standing strong as a community. And, you know, people have written them off. And even though I've had my issues with the OM, with OM and the OM community, they're a very good example of what a good community is about. Because I think there's a lot of fundamentals that make sense within that project. Yes, a lot of your listeners will argue around that. I'm not an OM holder, just for the record. I walked away from OM a long time ago, but I think the fundamentals of what a good project entails, they, they exhibit those qualities. Um, and I think the final thing is, do you have, once again, going back to the first thing around, you know, the people around you and, and, and the, and, and the research that is available. Can you, can you get people to interrogate what it is? So present an idea, present a project to your community. How does your community react and how does your community test you on your thesis around that project? If I can go through all those steps and come out of it with a green light, a lot of the time, those projects are going to land up being successful, and that's the way that I approach it from an investment from an investment perspective. And then I think the final thing, sorry, there's one more final thing, is that do you have a generally good bird's eye view of what is happening in the market? And I think that comes from a combination of all those points, is that can you actually be the eagle in the sky looking down and getting that bird's eye view that you required in terms of what's going on in the market? You know, so if you had to ask me what's going on in the market right now, well, for the most part, I have no bloody clue because, you know, we've seen an unprecedented move by Bitcoin in the last, you know, three, four days um, in light of what's been happening in the world. And, and is this the opportunity that we've been waiting for, for Bitcoin to stand above the rest? Is it going to break away? Is it going to do what it did over COVID? So that's the first thing. And then second thing is everyone's saying that DeFi is dead, but I disagree with you. There's a lot going on in DeFi. And you've just got to look. You've got to look and you've got a question and it's all sitting there. You've just got to be able to see it. Yeah, agreed. The um from from a BlockMeds platform point of view, we, we sat down like around Christmas time and written out just so we had them on paper to hold ourselves accountable of as as we were saying, the checklist. If this project's kind of come to us for for content and wanting to work alongside us to help kind of get their product into uh, the hands of would-be investors, then the best be hitting the criterion of what we've we've set down. And a lot of that comes down to the same thing that we were saying earlier. One, it best have kind of community best interest at heart. If you kind of <laughs> what I like, what I, what I find hilarious is when you read a project document and it says thirty percent for the team. 20% for advisors, 10% for pre-sale. It's like all three of these are in the exact same category in my mind. It's going to end up dumped on the 5% allocation that the public sale gets. And it's, and it just, it just, it just drives me insane. So, so for one, the project better be best be have a kind of community best interest at heart Two, Although we do, we will cover topical projects. If we want to kind of work for them long time, they can't just be, springing up um, because there's a flavor of the week 
I'd say there's uh, every everyone everyone jumped to the curve wars quite recently, and everyone started to be um, involved in that. And that was a project we built around all of that. And it's just like, where's the longevity in this? You weren't here a minute ago when no one was talking about it, and now you're kind of just using it for a cash grab. And that's not that's not what we wanted to do because what happens inevitably is the project people. If, if the scenario worked where well, we actually did work with them because they were a kind of flavor of the week project, people would rest on our kind of words, they'd, they'd invest. And then as soon as the narrative shifts, which it does every week, um, people would be left by holding and then it'd be kind of on our guilty conscience. So those are two kind of, from a content perspective, how we go about investing in projects that we want to work with. But for me, um, like I'm, I'm, absolutely terrible if i was if i was to be a kind of day trader i'd just lose more money than i made 10 times over so for me it's purely narrative driven what are the incoming narratives that are going to solve a problem in the actual industry what are people facing struggles with day to day um if you think back to kind of december 2020, 2022 when i mean i know it's bsc but this is just just an example People started to move across chain for the first time, and it was it was kind of damn. That, that's one. It was shit scary because you never knew if you were sending your money to a dead address and they never knew if it was going to pop out the other end. But it's kind of looking at that when one other alternative layer one, if you can call it that, emerged, and then predicting what's going to follow suit. So, what is the infrastructure to allow the multi-chain kind of universe to expand? Um, so it's just kind of preempting what the issues are going to be in the industry and then looking at projects that have kind of got all the, their ducks in a row and they're building out something to preempt the incoming issue that the industry is going to move towards. I mean, everyone knew the whole layer two thing was coming and everyone started looking at, well, and, and you kind of see it now, everyone's looking at what projects are going to be built on ZK. Um, so yeah, it's for me, it's kind of narrative driven. What are the sticking points in the industry and who's building them the most efficiently and effective way with kind of community best interest at heart? Well, this was, I think, a lot of like alpha or information you, you, you just shared. Uh, I agree uh, with, with the investment thesis and, and how you, you find good projects because a lot of projects, they look at the initial raise and they, they get these pre-sales investors in. And these investors also think about the tokenomics uh, because they want their initial as fast as out and especially also want to profit from that, which I think in the last few years created a lot of dumping directly to market. And you can see the charts still uh, being active. And uh, I think that's also a sign of the better projects right now that they they focus on surviving at least a, a few years and designing some tokenomics that can sustain through that change in the market too. So even if a narrative changes, uh, they can survive. And of course, it's crypto, it will be volatile. Uh, but if your project can survive, on your treasury or your tokenomics, that's where um, you are able to build through through the storm and stay relevant through all these years. And um, what, I, what I noticed personally is that when we have a narrative, the, the first movers are always important and the better performers. 
But nearing the end of the narrative, or even after that, when uh, the, the bigger movers bubble has, has burst a little bit, you can see often that there are a lot of these smaller projects, and especially with these tokenomics that directly want to, to dump after launch. Um, so I think that's also one sign I always add, like how old is that narrative? What have the most important players in that narrative done? And, and how many pitch decks are there flying around with, with shitty tokenomics and um, just pulling together a team with some quick marketing, you know, we're paying some celebrity to market our project. And um, those are probably not the projects that survive or have a, a good foundation for, um, for having um, token growth or value accrual. So um, that's something I'm also so aware of. But uh, I, I totally agree with, with finding that narrative based on the need of the market. Like, uh, I, I think I made a comment last year, like, um, it's amazing that the layer ones and layer twos have grown basically because Ethereum's fees suck and everybody's frustration was Ethereum fees. So we need an alternative and we need other, other chains that, that solve that. And um, that, that led me to first looking for projects on AVAX, on an FDM, and then realizing there was a lot of value in that. So it, it gives me, it brings me to a question that I, I, I like to ask, and it's what's your base capital? Like, how do you see your value in crypto? And uh, do you think you uh, want to grow your USD holdings or other stable holdings? Do you want to grow your, your Bitcoin or do you want to grow your Ethereum or any other coin uh, you, you believe in? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this changes in my mind based on market conditions, <laughs> which is I can, I can be all proud and kind of a champion of this space when we're in a bull market and want to denominate everything in ETH. But uh, <laughs> as soon as the bear market comes around, I'm strictly uh, dollar denominated. So um, I, do, I do completely understand people just playing the whole rotation game to stack as much Ethereum, Bitcoin as physically possible because Let's be honest, five, ten years down the line, these guys are going to be um, generationally wealthy. So, but for now, um, I'll continue to denominate in ETH or whatever alternative layer one pops up in a in a nice uptrend. But uh, whilst we're in a downtrend, I'm strictly dollar denominated. It's such an interesting question <coughs> because. I'm the same as Grant, and I agree with what Grant is saying, is that it's it's kind of like, you know, where is it going? What's what's happening right now? And in the current market, market conditions, I am ashamed to say this. It's for the record state that I'm ashamed to say it, but I'm stacking dollars. <coughs> but I think the what's interesting and where I differ with Grant is that you know, he looks at it from an ETH perspective, whereas I look at it from a Bitcoin perspective, which goes back to my, which goes back to another life that I had where I was a bit of a Bitcoin maximalist. And, you know, when you mine it and you 
you kind of like even though I mined ETH, I was I was more passionate about Bitcoin, and I still am very, 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 very passionate about what I believe the essence of Bitcoin is and what it stands for. I do believe that Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper is probably more relevant today than it's ever has been, and in light of what's happened, you know, um, with all the money printing over the last eighteen to 24 months. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a stronger case for Bitcoin. It's just a shame the maximalists um, kind of give it a bit of a bad edge. But I think for me, ultimately, if I had a choice to answer your question, um, for me, it's Bitcoin all the way. You know, it's like uh, if, if, if I was able to make it and kind of like have the the, the tool to play the game in the real world in inverted commas, which is obviously dollar orientated and I can, you know, obviously take care of all that stuff and play that game. Then for me, it would all go to Bitcoin. Um, uh, yeah, Bitcoin for me. I, I am a little bit disappointed that you both said uh, in USD. Um, checks his notes. Oh, yeah, that's that's me too. <laughs> I think that's totally totally understandable. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the, the the thing is, um, uh, what what some holders don't understand is that uh, eventually, with if if the market is going down, you you can buy back uh, in in moments where you see a, a shift, a accumulation, and start accumulating yourself. And that way you actually have more Ethereum or more Bitcoin eventually. So I think it's even a more maximalist approach by going into to the dollar to, to counter that view. And um, to answer this question for me personally, uh, I think last, it's already two years back, but like somebody said to me, like in a bull market, um, you are mostly denominated in Ethereum because it outperforms. Bitcoin, and I, I still think that was the the best alpha somebody shared with me, uh, because uh, that's what I did, and it was a good uh, good decision. Um, but it makes me a little bit wonder, like, okay, that was in two years back. Uh, maybe uh, in the next few years we could see the strength also in other layer ones, layer twos, um, and and maybe pick some better choices there too because uh, they'll probably outperform because they're lower cap. Um, most of them are already mayor caps, but still outperform maybe a Bitcoin or an Ethereum. Uh, but I think it's, it still holds true, like find the platforms and, and layers that are building and seek that as a, a basis value. Uh, but especially when the market conditions uh, are fav favorable. Um, I think we're we're almost at the the end of of the podcast, um, and uh, I want to invite you for some final thoughts, maybe a conclusion about how to invest or um, where you want to go with your community or the combination of both. Yeah. Um... I think what, what I'd add to kind of people who are just coming into the space and experiencing it for the first time is particularly with volatile market conditions and if anyone says they know which way this market's going to go, they're quite frankly full of shit. Um, just 
just try to hang on and survive and see and see this kind of longer time frame out because the amount of information and education that you'll pick up even whilst going through terrible times where you don't even look at your portfolio because it's that bad um just trying to stick around and learn as much as physically possible and i know it's hard like the amount of procrastination i do whilst i'm writing or even just doing my own research is is quite criminal to be honest but you just you really need to find that edge and to find that edge given all the kind of fuckery that goes on in the industry you need to understand this space better, better than the next person along you need to understand it better than the person who's buying one minute after you effectively and that's your kind of edge so just clear yourself up don't try your emotions too much to your portfolio if you if you are emotionally drained from this space and you might be a little bit over invested um and yeah just survive jedi some final thoughts from you so i think the the the, the most incredible incredible kind of thing that's that's happened over the last six months from my perspective is that we really have been through the ringer you know the market's been really really tough you know and i think there's very very few people out there that that have managed to stay above their all-time highs from before may so we had may we had the crash like that was i mean i remember that like it was yesterday um it was brutal but the real money was lost not on that day it was between may and november in terms of just all the the, the silly decisions um not only myself but just what i saw within the community and and the most incredible thing is that if it hadn't been for the community that that i've been a part of that there's no ways that i would have actually survived and i think grant has hit the nail on the head is that just survive just do what you need to do in order to survive this patch because it will get better it's going to happen trust me it will happen it always does it's the nature of markets just survive what does that mean don't go throwing your money don't go aping into stuff start paying attention to you know what is being released what the tokenomics are who's involved and as you and i discussed and we're not going to name any names aperture is that you know you have you know prominent names in the community and those prominent names have made a lot of money for people along the way they come the bear market hits they come they release a project they're advising they're investing they're doing all these things and then you automatically assume that you're going to end up making a whole lot of money out of this project because those people are involved but you don't look at the tokenomics and next thing you know, you're being dumped on for the next month because all those insiders and all those 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 pre-sellers want to use you as exit liquidity. And they have every right to do that. Don't get me wrong. They have every right to do that. That's how markets work. Like Grant said, make sure that you've got an edge over the guy that's just bought before you because he's your competition. He's the guy or she's the, she's the individual that you're going to have to compete against. And you need to be on your game. You need to have your information intact. And one of those bits of information is what do the tokenomics dictate? Can I sit in this project for the long term and know that this thing's going to go full circle and I'm going to make my money in the end? You know, which brings me on to the next thing. What are those L1s that are going to land up doing what ETH did? You know, there's a lot to be said for Avalanche. There's a lot to be said for Luna. Solana, Solana was put under the test. Do we now question Solana on the same level that we question the others? 
I don't know. I had my doubts around Solana, and I was a huge Solana bull, made significant returns on Solana. I was buying Solana at $5, you know, and, and it's kind of like, but what does the future of Solana hold? Well, you've got the financial guys saying that they want to transact in it. They want to build their options platforms. They want to do all of that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of important questions that you've got to answer. And you got to go to the right place to answer them. And at Blockmates, frankly, we, we provide a lot of those answers in our articles and what it is that we do and what our intention ultimately is. So survive, guys. Stick it out. Survive. Keep the focus. Find your crew. That's another thing. So important. Find your crew. It doesn't have to be Blockmates. It doesn't have to be whatever. Definitely it doesn't have to be BitBoy. You know, go and find quality solid good people that you can trust that you can send ten thousand dollars to and know that it will come back to you that's a test that's a test can you do an over-the-counter with somebody that you know that you've met in discord test it out i'm not saying with 10 grand but test that out test that theory out find those people that you can trust i know i have and that makes me stronger in the space those are uh, really good final words. And I, I think I, I want to conclude with, uh, indeed, find your community, find your tribe, and also invest in them. And it's not only money you, you can invest, but it's, it's mostly time and friendly, friendliness sharing information. So I think that's the big investment people overlook in crypto. They just want to throw money at something and then sit back. But I think the most valuable asset you have is, is your time and your skills um, that you can use during that time to find that community. Um, you said it doesn't have to be Blockmates, but for sure, if people want to know where to find you guys, how can they reach out to you, whether it's on Twitter and how can they join the community if they finally decided to uh, to be part of it yeah so um just head to twitter at at blockmates.com like spelled out i did have the blockmates handle but twitter completely rugged me and seemingly handed it over to someone quite recently actually because they <laughs> they messaged me asking can you tell you tell your community to stop tagging me and stuff <laughs> so at blockmates.com on um on twitter and the, all the links are in uh, my bio link tree connected and discord's for everyone tell your friends tell your family anyone it's uh completely free so be careful if anyone's asking for money because it's it does uh, we've had a few of those cases quite recently and jedi where can they find you so um i'm on I'm on Twitter as well. Um, my my handle is at Jedi Hornet, um, and I'm always in Discord. Um, I'm very active in Discord, so yeah. I mean, it's it's not difficult, you know. If you put the effort in, you'll find us. We're out there, and obviously, our website is blockmates.com with a C. Um, and you know, I think what's really important about also something that we didn't mention is that we do how to guides. You know, we take the time and we explain how to do stuff. You know, if you want to put money in your MetaMask, we've actually got those on our website. So, you know, we try and cater for all that information and you can contact us just by going to the website. Very easy. 
Awesome. That's uh, that's beautiful. So please reach out to them, find their discords, find their Twitters and the website. And I'm sure you will enjoy the information on there. Thank you, Blockmates. Thank you, Jedi, for, for coming on onto this podcast. And I hope that we survive the bear market together and start um, actively building during that bear market. But I'm sure we will. Um, so thank you for joining and I'll see you around guys. Thanks. Aperture. And also thank you for the stuff that you do in the community and the information that you put out there. Like I said, when we first came on the call, love your TA. You've got a good grasp of the markets. Um, you're very critical in the right, in the right ways. And yeah, your narrative is good, man. It's positive. You look at things with a very good and neutral lens and I really do appreciate it. So back to you as well, man, you, you do good stuff. Thanks. Yeah. For, for me, thanks. Thanks a lot for having us on and, uh, let's just keep connected and see what we can actually do together. Cause I think there's, um, an awful lot of room for opportunity there. Absolutely. And thank you for the kind words. And I think that mentality is why, why we connected. Um, See you guys around, and this was the Deus X Out podcast with Blockmates.